You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. My guest today is Mark Junick. Mark is an intelligent and beautiful actor. He's a very supportive friend and collaborator, and I always appreciate hearing his point of view. We overlapped for a few years in our time at Juilliard, and since graduating, in addition to pursuing acting, he has begun an amazing artist retreat called Make House, which you'll hear all about. Uh, this is the 20th episode of The Compass. If you enjoy the podcast, please take a moment to go to iTunes and give us a rating or a review. It will really help other listeners to find it in the future. So I hope you enjoy the 20th episode of The Compass. Thank you for joining me, Mark. Yeah, it's such a pleasure. I'm such a fan of your work on stage, and now I'm a super fan of your work uh, on the inter interwebs. Thank you. Um, yeah. It's nice to have you in our house. I don't see you enough. Yeah. Yeah. Actor life. Actor life. Um, so what do you do to try to keep from going to the dark side? Oh, my a, God. I knew you were going to start with that one, and yet I'm still not prepared. That's okay. Um, it's stream of consciousness. Yeah. Or, well, or what is it for you, too? What's the it? dark side yeah. for me? You know, it takes so many forms because it's so... The dark side can come... This is what I've learned. The dark side can come even when, like, you're working. Mm -hmm. And I think the dark side can come at any point in your career, whether you're, like, making a lot of money or not making any money. The, the, the weird, tricky part of it is you think it's, like, it'll stop... You know, at some point, and it just, you know, Frankie will say that too, right? Mm -hmm. But I think for me, it that part of myself is the most quiet when I'm working with people and doing a project that I really care about, you know? Because I think the dark side comes when I feel like I've lost my sense of purpose, you know? And I think every, every great actor that I really respect... Um, the reason why they act is because it's something that they sort of wake up and they they feel it's sort of their their destiny and their 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 life's work and so especially when you're unemployed though that's when you really start to have those like existential crisis uh, crises of like whoa what am i doing with my life what am i yeah. what am i put on this earth to do i thought it was this and i'm not doing that now and um yeah you want to feel like you're contributing yeah yeah and so sometimes when you're working and, and it's not satisfying in that way, I feel like it can be like kind of hard. Mm. Um, like you don't really care about your project or you don't really care about um, the the medium with which it's, I, I don't know, you don't feel like it's getting getting to people. You don't feel like the work is something that, that's contributing in the way that you want to contribute. Um but you know, I think it is hardest when you're not, when you're not working, on on a specific project period. But I find my happiest moments are when I'm with people that I really respect on a project that I think makes even the smallest difference. Um, that's I guess that's how I, so continuing to surround myself with people who um, impress me. And they may not impress the world yet, but they impress me. 
Yeah. You know, like the world hasn't figured out their genius, but I have, which also feels like really <laughs> satisfying because you're like, yeah. I, I know, and the world doesn't know yet, but, but, um, but yeah, it also like gives you hope that someone out there that maybe the world hasn't discovered your genius, mm-hmm. you know? So, and then of course we've been in the business long enough to see that sometimes those, those, those people that you believe in who the, who the world hasn't discovered yet, the world suddenly discovers them and you're like, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. And I'm so glad the you're world. Like, I've always, I've yeah, always I've known. always, <laughs> yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Um, I saw it way before you did. <laughs> yeah. That's really, really satisfying. Yeah. Actually. And another way that you can think about being in this game and being supportive of each other, mm-hmm. you know, is to like really have an appreciation that's the other thing I think what I'm talking about is, is being a fan, you know, being a fan of people's work, finding other people's work, even if you're not in, in it or involved in it, being, uh, you know, uh, a really good um, watcher and taker in of culture, you know, being a part of the conversation, continuing to feel like you're a part of the conversation even when you're not making it. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. So you don't feel completely shut out, even if you're not working at that time, but like you find a way to, yeah, keep talking about it and keep, keep seeing the things that everyone's talking about. And yeah, it's hard. It's hard to do that. I know. Cause you feel like, I don't know. I always think I might be jealous mm-hmm. or that there'll be those kinds of feelings. And then I like experience like either a play or a movie or something that I just really wish I was had been a part of and then I'm just like if it's really good instead of it causing jealousy it causes causes inspiration mm-hmm. you know I want to work with those people or uh, I want to make work like this um I find it sometimes hard to get into but ultimately really inspiring like I just saw um I'm late to the game but I saw this movie uh Tangerine the oh, other I day I haven't seen it oh my god I've heard a lot about it on uh, podcasts and stuff I was—I mean, it's so inspiring. Someone made it on an iPhone, you know. And this director is really, really good about with telling a story. It's just—it's amazing, really moving, really funny, um, inspiring. Have you been planning your next iPhone movie now? Since yeah, you saw exactly. It? <laughs> I'm going to make movies on an iPhone. Um, but those are, I guess, ways in which I encounter the dark side and try to get my way out, but. In general, the dark side finds its way in in various new ways all the time for me. It's really a challenge all the time. Um, So can we talk about, I know one of the ways that you keep yourself inspired and busy when you're not working on other projects is Make House. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about that a little bit? So Make House is a nonprofit I started ooh, 2011. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe it's been that long. I know. It was the year that I graduated. And it's a nonprofit that does retreats out of the city. And now we're doing more like we give space in the city and also um, out there. But we'll take artists of all different disciplines and we'll create a group of people 
and sort of curate the group so it's people really diverse backgrounds in all senses of that word and then we'll go up around two or three days and uh, everyone will sort of work on something that they've brought but hopefully everyone else gets integrated into other projects and Mm -hmm. at least they're working alongside each other and they sort of learn or uh, are inspired by other people's processes so yeah that's been really really exciting to do what um inspired you to start it originally i mean i graduating from school even the first six months i was like after a four-year program of of every day putting putting create creative energy out like 12 hours a day then when you have like a couple months off you're like there is so much creative energy in me and in the people around me that isn't getting an outlet like i need to get it out, get it out of myself, get it out of my friends. Um, and what can I do? And my parents have a place uh, in Jersey. It's on 80 acres. It's on a lake. It's got lots of beds. Um, and I was like, we, I just, maybe I can make something here. And that's, that's how it started. And yeah, it's going well. I mean, I, I'm constantly sort of evaluating our mission and how we can really make a difference in people's lives, mm-hmm. you know, and really make really inspire people to do what they want to do and it's it's um we make a little dent but i'm also okay with that because i'm uh, it's like how do you be an actor first and then an arts administrator and that's a really hard thing to balance Mm -hmm. i've recognized but you know like joanne tucker and Mm -hmm. adam have their um they have their nonprofit, and they Mm -hmm. balance it so spectacularly um, um, that's Arts and the Armed Forces for anyone who doesn't know that a couple of my classmates started. Yeah, that's, I mean, we've, I've talked about people, this with people, like as far as producing, like producing your own work, it's like taking on another full-time job and mm-hmm. it's kind of difficult to, to balance feeling like you have energy to do both. And I'm sure it's similar for you. Yeah. And it's also... Like we, the mindset is very, very different to be a creator and to be a producer. A producer, you're thinking about budgets, you're thinking about um, a product. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be thinking about a product when you're the creator. You want to be thinking about, um, I don't know, story. You want to be, you want to be creating. Um, the, the process of creation and the process of editing are two different processes. And, and I think that uh when you're a producer or an administrator they get a little muddied you know do you ever go like go to make house as an artist and let the other members of your team kind of take care of things or is it (gasps) too close to you for that (laughs) it's it's really hard to do it's really hard to do you know lee uh our friend Mm -hmm. um was like you offered and was like we can do something up there and i'll like direct it and we can work on something so i think at some point i will take her up on that offer and then very often people will ask me to jump into something which usually i'm not able to because i'm just like i'm running around all the time making sure things aren't going things aren't being like you know catching on fire (laughs) um but yeah i mean i hope i hope i i started it because there was a part of me that wasn't getting fulfilled um, but to serve that need in other people, uh, definitely has to come first when you're the administrator. So it does fulfill like these other parts of myself, which exist, which is like, I was, I was so fascinated with this, 
like how to create a nonprofit and 501c3 and, and tax law and what it is to be a non-for-profit arts organization in, in the United States and what that means and, and the process of becoming that. That was so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it's really interesting to all of the listeners too. <laughs> um, no, it actually, I'm sure there's some people who are, you know, wanting to know yeah. how to do that because if you're a small company, if you're any anything, you have to figure that out. And, and that was a really interesting process. How did you go about learning about it? Did you kind of get advice from other people or just do a bunch of All of the above. Or? A lot of reading. Um, other nonprofit arts organizations like the VLA, which is Volunteer Lawyers of America for the Arts. Okay. Uh, they, they offer legal advice and even uh, representation for artists, hmm. um, either for free or for no cost or low cost so that was that was cool and they offer like seminars and like you know to teach you about this the way nonprofit arts work in new york city so that it was really you know eye-opening because now i feel like i understand a little bit more when i am an actor what goes on behind the scenes uh, I do have to say it's not as satisfying as being an actor. It does not. It's not my calling. Uh, and that's the other thing. Like, I feel like now I have this purpose with Make House, but it's not it's not my calling. You know, yeah, there's lots of things that we can do as actors to keep us busy and keep us um, going. Yeah. And that's valuable, but it's still not. It's not, it's not the, the same thing, <laughs> which is weirdly satisfying, too, when you yeah. realize like. No wait, I'm an actor, and I that's I right. love to act. That's that's <laughs> it. No, I that's what I thought I was put on this earth to do, and <laughs> and I've been confirmed that that is still. Um, no, but but how, what? How does it affect you as an actor to have something that you are in control of and that you're in charge of? Like to have this side project, does it give you an extra boost of? It does. Confidence. That's the satisfying thing is that you're sort of in control of it. I realized at some point that that I was like I don't want to be. There are lots of times that I don't want to have to worry about these things. Like as an actor, you're really taken care of. Mm-hmm. You do not have to worry about um, so many so many aspects of your life. I mean, if you're going out of town, for instance, mm-hmm. someone's housing you and paying you. Sometimes a per diem, <laughs> and like they're practically shoveling food in your right. mouth. You know, and um, and as when you're working in small nonprofit arts, you're doing everything and especially if you're serving artists you're you're doing everything for them because it takes so much for those artists to be able to make their art you know you realize wow it really does take a lot of um things in place for an artist to be able to do their work um i think that's also what's so cool about make house is that it since it is removed from the city and it's mm -hmm. out in this beautiful woods and the lake and there's just so much stuff you're bombarded with in your daily life in the city that I think really does sometimes fuel your creativity but sometimes exhaust your creativity no totally I mean so you're like just having to, like when you were on your way to my apartment today you just had to fight the MTA exactly exactly like, <laughs> the city is a harrowing place yeah I mean I'm gonna be honest I don't know if I would live here if I didn't know that I this was the place where I, I'm, I'm going to make it, you know? Where do you think you would be? What kind of a place? I don't Like Portland? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like somewhere with um, a much higher quality of life for the amount of money that I make. Somewhere where I feel like um, the value of 
of making money is is not so um, emphasized. Uh, and there's a lot of other places in the United States mm-hmm. or abroad, God forbid, uh, <laughs> that that one could make a life. Uh, I, I also have family here, so yeah. in on the East Coast, so that keeps me here too. But but really, it's our job keeps us in this location that's becoming more and more difficult to live in. And part of, I think, my response as, uh, with Make House was, not only is it hard to live here, it's even harder to find space to work in. Mm-hmm. And and the demands of city life is can be particularly difficult. It's just hard to get places to feed yourself for a decent you know, amount of money. And so I really wanted to create a space where it was like, you don't have to worry about food. You don't have to worry about lodging. You can have space to breathe, to move, to to walk, to think. Um, so all of those were were inspirations to why we wanted to create Make House. It was like in direct response to, you know, raising rents. We were like, okay, let's get out of here. You know, because FYI, you know, Make House is in is a we do our retreats in New Jersey, about ninety minutes away. Um, on the border between New York and New Jersey. And it's, uh, it's very different than New York city. You know, it's a different pace. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it since I grew up in Michigan. I really yeah. miss, you know, when I was growing up, I just wanted to be in a city. <laughs> and now that I'm in a city, I just, if you, I wish I, it's much better if you have both, you know, like if I had a place upstate, Oh I mean, yeah! Be perfect, oh you my know? god, that's true. Spend the weekends out yeah. in the woods, and then still, still have the city. Truth be told, we would go crazy, <laughs> right, in the country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would full time again when I think. I mean, I, I, I idealize it. Right. Yeah, but I, now I'm so addicted to having access to people and yeah. events and walking everywhere and not having to drive to yeah. the grocery store. Oh yeah, I, I, I don't want crazy. a car though. You know what I mean? I like yeah. want to be like in a different place, but I also like want to be able to walk to get my food. Like yeah. it's not going to happen. <laughs> or walk a couple blocks to see friends or like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm at the same time I'm idealizing other places other than New York, right. but I But can't that's what's so magical about Make House. How about Make House? That's right. We, we try to You get to, to have it. those fantasy little excursions yeah. and yeah. then come back. To know, I think it's just important, I guess, to remind yourself of life outside of New York, of yeah. different paces, of different um, values. Uh, I'm constantly more aware of that right now with the political campaigns going on. I'm, I'm much more aware right now of like the rest of the country than I have been at other points because it's so easy to just just live in my little bubble here. Yeah. Yeah, and um, some of the comments about New York City and New York City people mm-hmm. were particularly uh, surprising. But yeah, I mean, would you would you move back to Michigan if you could get if you could work regularly and if be I could work artistically inspired there? Regularly, maybe. I mean, in theory. <laughs> in theory, and they were like now all my friends who are my family are that's here. Right. And actually, my dad sold the house I grew up in last a year and a half ago so now none of my family is left there except for some close friends so I don't know but I remember my parents asking us when we were younger like they were planning for the future and they're like you know if something happened to us or maybe they were rewriting their will or whatever um would you or your brother want the house and we were both kind of like we both love that house was the only house we grew up in but I can't 
Meaning, I can't have gonna, a career Would you there? ever, like, <laughs> like, move back? Right. Like, yeah. if they were to, like, leave the house to me, would we ever live there? And I just, I can't. I wonder, I know it's happened, but, like, I'm sure people listening to this show think about what their lives would be like if they still lived or went back home. I mean, for so many of us, part of what's what the dark side is, and particularly with some of my, my close friends who are really far from home, I'm lucky enough to have family here. Yeah. Is that they're they're away from home and and you know not only do you have to deal with the daily struggles of being an actor in New York City, but like you're also far from your family and what yeah. you you think of as as a really home base. I mean, you've made a family here. You've been here long enough and been to school here. Mm-hmm. I just think of my sweet foreign friends who yeah who uh, who have no family here, whose family are very very far away. Yeah, that's hard. It's interesting to think about, like, the alternate paths your life could have taken. Oh, yeah, terrifying, (laughs) too. Um, Which sometimes you get to live out over Facebook when you observe observe your friends who did stay home. (laughs) Yeah, that's where you really see what your life could have been (laughs) um, and the art you could be making right now. Mm -hmm. um, Um, Can you give us a little picture before we move on to another topic of, like, what what an artist might experience in one of your retreats. Yeah. Make House uh, picks the artists up from the city. And so you're thrown immediately into um, a van with uh, people you don't know. Uh, And we track you out of the city. And um, the first thing usually that we try to have ready for people is food. Um, Because food's a really big part of, of getting out there and, uh, and we'll introduce ourselves and we'll talk about what we're doing. And uh, uh, our job really is to try to facilitate new relationships and the kind that um, that will be artistically fruitful. So, you know, I, don't, I think we're pretty good at making sure things don't feel competitive, things aren't stressful. Um, and then over the course of a couple of days, we usually give people time during the day. Sometimes we structure things like um, group work time, like raking leaves. Um, <laughs> and people are like, there's there's nothing better to get to know someone than being like, doesn't raking leaves suck? Um, and um, then they'll have time to work. And then meals, particularly dinner, will all be spent together and then usually we'll have some sort of presentation so like at the end of the retreat we'll ask people to share and that's really where people get to know each other because i think there's nothing like seeing someone show or perform their work that gets people to to really get what they're about and then of course the intimate and intense experience of showing new work to people Mm. always opens that a a new door for people um and then we go back hopefully being a little different, being a little more relaxed. We have new friends. Um, and the idea is we want people to come back over and over again to feel like there is this place that they can go. Um, and I'm really thankful to know that people, you know, artists we've had up years ago will be like, I'm really in need. And they'll just email us and we'll be like, okay, we're, you're on the list. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and that, that makes me... Yeah, community is great. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know who who made sure I, I know that is Mauricio. Yeah. Mauricio was just like, just so you know, like you probably don't want to make this a place where people just come and it's not a studio in New York City where like a cold... 
uh, we you give them space and you don't make this a home. He's like, what they need is a place that they can come back to, a place they mm-hmm. can feel connected to. And the, Mauricio is our friend who who runs A Step, uh, this or used to, um, a nonprofit that shares the arts with uh, the world and kids. <laughs> Did he give you a lot of advice when you were starting it? Um, we sat or down. Or has he come up as a as a guest? He has never come up as a guest, but he's. We've tried to create a sort of collaboration between A Step and Make House, which there will be probably in the future, so that A Step can send some of its artists to Make House. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope that happens. But we, uh, he was a big inspiration in terms of uh, how, what kind of spirit. As was Juilliard, you know, this like non-competitive uh, utopia where people can work <laughs> and yet are hopefully challenged in some ways. That's the nice part when we were up there last summer and I was working with Leah on that, that dance film mm-hmm. and Frankie was there with his friend Marty mm-hmm. working on a script. And um, it's just nice that everybody's in progress with something. It's not about a finished product. Mm-hmm. It's only usually like a weekend. It's not like you're there to finish something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So having everybody kind of be in that same place of like, I'm sketching, I'm sketching, I'm drafting, yeah. I'm, it, it was extremely supportive and everyone was curious about what everyone else was doing. And yeah. just no one's eye was on the end result. Yeah. Which was great. Sometimes I find what helps artists, especially in New York, achieve their goals is a kind of deadline or pressure. So not in those cases, because everyone was so self-motivated. Lee is one of the most motivated people I know. Frankie was really um, geared up to to work on his his writing. But sometimes I find my what my friends need is that pressure of, and you're going to be showing this to people at the end of it, mm. you know, the, this demand for the product because we don't actually have enough of that in our in our lives. That demand to say, oh, you want to you want to write? Um, then I'm going to hold you accountable for that, and I'm I'm going to ask you of it. I mean, sometimes as actors, we want someone saying give it to me make be good um a a kind of demand or a pressure that that gets new or exciting stuff out of us not always sometimes people need to be left alone but sometimes i I feel like feel that out (laughs) yeah oh yeah yeah i can see how that's useful though too um but i definitely have a lot of friends who have a lot of goals but can't really achieve them in the city because things things come up things get in the way well, that's kind of like um, like in clown class when you're like, I need a set of rules. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of free yourself within the rules. And mm-hmm. if you're just left to like, you can do anything. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. I, I don't know what to do. Yeah. But if you have like a set of restrictions, then you're like, yeah. oh. <laughs> Impediments in yeah. some ways. Uh, deadlines and, help. And um, in the city, when you're not working on something with a group, you can feel very alone and kind of like, where do I start? Or Yeah. I mean, about something forever. In some ways, a lot of us do need to feel like we want to be held up to a higher standard. You know, we want to feel like people care whether we do well. People care whether we make or finish the script. Yeah. And if you're sitting alone in your room with no one, with no reader, with no one waiting to listen to it, very often you quit because you go, "Who cares? No one's gonna, no one's gonna read this. No one's gonna see this. Why would I finish it?" And so they need to know, I, I care. Yeah. I care. I want to hear what you have to say. Mm. I want to I see this through. Um, and you get 
you know, eight, 10, 15 people going, we care. Uh, <laughs> then people start to um, pump out pages and stop being so precious about it. Mm-hmm. And um, they realize uh, there's a group of people who want to hear their voice. How can people um, get involved with Make House or apply? Uh, we have a website. It's makehouse.org. There's an application on there. Um, it's really simple. We look at everyone's application. We just sort of take it on a rolling basis right now. Um, we love when people come up with ideas of like, oh, we want to do three days and this is how we're going to structure our time there. And, and this is how we're going to use outside. Um, my friend Danny has this great piece about uh, a military group, uh, a company, and they want to come out and do like basically basic training there and mm. create that company with with young actors and, and and in addition to rehearsing play do basic training uh you know push-ups and running on the driveway and i'm like go go for it go <laughs> you know um i'll be sitting eating chips um you. <laughs> yeah uh so we love it when when people have great ideas also that can use the space and um, and when people introduce our, themselves to us, because we, we're always into expanding the community and and uh, meeting more people. Oh, and it's all disciplines, you know, filmmakers, yeah. writers, painters, costume designers. You have some dance studios you made. Yes, the, there's the, dance the, space. There's some that we work really hard. Is it a garage or a barn that you turned It's this into. old barn yeah. stables that um, so cool. now has a, a dance floor in it, and it's heated and um, really beautiful, and, and it works. It's sprung floor, you know, great for joints. Um, so, yeah, dancers, we love that too. <laughs> so talking about the city and, like, where you make your home, how is your new apartment doing? Mm. And, uh, I'm, and some other people might find the way that you acquire this apartment useful in the future. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, going back to your first question, how mm-hmm. you stay away from the dark place... You know Kathleen McNenny in our class, The Real World? Did she talk to you about this? What? Well, we had this like um, this class called The Real World, and yeah. so which was like about preparing actors for like, the, like business the business and, and like what it's taxes. really going to be like. And uh, <laughs> we learned about ta- it was all like too much too soon for me. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I don't know what. Um, <laughs> what can I write off? Like I don't really remember any of it, but I do remember her talking about how important it is to find a home mm-hmm. in New York City, and I, like. Never before has it felt more important to me. I mean, especially because it was coming off of a year that I was just like hating on the city, just hating yeah. on. And I was in a decent living situation. Um, my rent was going up. I love my roommate, loved mm-hmm. my roommate, love her still. Uh, these new neighbors moved in above us that just like were the worst, you know, throwing bowling balls or something up there. And I just, I just needed a new living situation. I'd also been there for six years, you know. I felt like kind of stale. I was there during school. I was like, get me out. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But also terrified to move because moving costs so much, and it just felt like um, not a fun venture. So uh, I got family to invest in uh, a property so I could buy properly buy a place. Um, and it's a, a, the cheapest apartment I think that has like ever been listed in the past five years. Um, <laughs> it's called an HDFC, which is Housing Development Fund Corporation, which means that uh, it's this thing through the city where it's basically low income housing. And to them, low income at this point is $81,000 for a single individual, which to <laughs> me is like... 
I would love to be making that much. Uh, it's like, <laughs> okay, um, yeah. that's not low income. That's I, New York I now. guess that's New York low income. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you make under that amount of money, you uh, have the potential to buy into some of these properties. With every building, it's, it's a different amount. There are different rules. Is it the kind of thing where they have to have a few of these apartments in the building, like for a tax break? Or uh, the, like whole the whole building, building is an HDFC, gotcha. so it's 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 a vestige from when the city was, uh, like for I think this deal went down in the '90s when uh, Harlem had a lot of buildings that were becoming um, derelict, and and the city was like, okay, well we'll offer people really cheap apartments, no joke, like a thousand dollars, and it'll be a self-run, and the taxes will be really low, so your maintenance will be really low. Um, as long as uh, a significant portion of the profits when you sell it go back into the city. Hmm. So it's all these like weird financial agreements. You have to look at the fine print. Um, this arrangement with the city getting the profits in my building expires in a couple of years. So hopefully I won't be subject to that. But um, when I bought it, the person who sold it to me was. It's um, a lot of fine print that you have to go through. Hmm. But if you do your homework, there is some affordable housing and and i had the opportunity too to like put in a new kitchen and uh you know do a little bit of renovation and and really sort of custom fit it to my life and my and which I, you did a lot of yourself i too, did right? i did I a lot love of a good project oh i love i love a good <laughs> diy i'm we're also living in the wrong uh city for diy because i feel like if i lived in michigan i would have yeah. a garage yes i would like would have do a st- I, oh my god um oh i was taking a woodworking class last my brother gave me a woodworking were. class I, I was like calling my ass to guanis every every week to <laughs> to make a little, tiny little side table with um lap joints i love anyway. i love that you just love making things whether it's part of your um artistic career or not like you you started making your own beer you started oh my god you renovated I, your own apartment i like, love a, it's a yeah, hands-on it's project i got a ginger beer brewing right now i don't know if it's working i'm trying <laughs> you know might be you know city water has a lot of chlorine and it kills the bacteria uh, in a bad way it kills the yeast anyway uh yeah i uh, and and that's how i figured out my my housing situation. I'm in a, a very specific situation where I was able to borrow enough money to like buy it. I'm I'm paying people back for it on a monthly basis. It's not the cheapest housing, um, but a portion of it is going to equity. Um, so I'm building equity. Right. Um, yeah. When you start look at how when you start looking at how much money you've spent on rent, rent that you're so basically depressing. throwing away. Yeah. It's it's yeah really depressing. Um, so trying to get into my financial situation where it's like when I'm like a real adult, which is when, I don't <laughs> when know, 40s, happen? 50s, uh, that maybe I'll have like a cent to my name, um, uh-huh. which, which would be cool. Cause you know, you, that also last year I turned 30. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I don't know. I've started thinking about what, what will the next 10 years look like? And I don't think I've ever asked myself that question before. Mm. What will, what will my life be like in 10 years? And I had a much more realistic version of it when I was like now than when I was 25. Um, I was like, I'll be rich and famous and I won't have to worry about money. Uh, Or not famous, but I probably won't have to worry about money because I'll be... Yeah, I'll be Tom Cruise, but saner. But saner and like doing more theater. I don't know. Um, So yeah, I have a much better idea of what my life looks like i mean part of it is you get older and weirdly some opportunities become less i don't know 
interesting to you mm. and you're like well that's not the kind of artist i am or ever was so like who cares that i'm not gonna yeah. be justin bieber or whatever <laughs> you know <laughs> i will never be teen heartthrob musician justin bieber like and i'm and suddenly at the age of 30 i'm like you know what that's okay yeah um, but how are you feeling now as you're in the apartment? Oh, I'm in the apartment. A little more settled, yeah? There's there's less dust. It's not totally finished, which is okay. It's like a, a work in progress. Um, That's a huge first step as far is. as planning the next 10 years and planning your adulthood. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling really good because yeah. honestly, I can, I can get a lot of work done there and I can... Yeah spend a lot of time there without going insane is this and, the first time you lived alone yeah uh and that's weird too it's i don't know if that's a good thing hmm. i think it's a good thing but it also means you're you spend a lot of time alone um which which i do i mean i have friends up there all the time people crashing with me my partner um you know i'm not alone a lot but um i don't know i feel it's good to be around people as an actor. Yeah. You know, it's good to it's good to have. If I could have bought a two bedroom, I would I would have a roommate actually. But it's also yeah. I mean, that's also a smart business arrangement too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have them pay your mortgage for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a lot of a lot of capital to raise. Uh, but I, uh, it's also really awesome to just be able to like have a place yourself and like say your lines I mean I don't know right and not have to worry about anyone else's ears and right but then there's no one to run lines with you true <laughs> so I don't know um, but you love obviously you live with your husband yeah. so that's kind of a perfect arrangement yeah I'm kind of one of those people where it's like I'm a very social introvert <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> like yeah. I need both I need both to be happy I need to see people and then I need to be alone have you ever taken see people be alone the, is it Briggs Meyer you know, I don't think I have. It's extremely you... long, isn't it? I feel like I've started it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I took the Briggs Meyer and it says that I'm a um, uh, that I just procrastinate. That's what it told me. Um, <laughs> That's so funny because I would not have guessed that. I I don't know if I'm an introvert or extrovert. I don't know, hmm. or if, it, if I'm an introvert or I I yeah. definitely need to be around people, but I also need my space. Exactly. You know. Sounds like everybody. <laughs> I don't know what I'm... I'm not defining myself at all, but but knowing um, that is important. Can we talk a little bit about day jobs and stuff and how you've been figuring out yes. the unpredictable financial yes. part of being an actor? Uh, thankfully, I work enough to usually get some unemployment, mm -hmm. which some people don't have access to. That helps. Uh, I have... A lot of weird jobs. School is employing me a lot. Currently, I am a reader for... Can I say this? Yeah, I can. Uh, <laughs> I'm a reader for their playwriting, playwriting admissions. Mm -hmm. Like, I just got... I'm getting on my W-2s right now. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Juilliard, like, paid me a lot of money last year. <laughs> oh, I just didn't play at Juilliard, too. Did I tell you that? No. I went back and they were like, hey, someone dropped out of uh, their fourth year play. Do you want to come to Arcadia? And I was like... Yeah, they're like we pay you like five seventy five a week and give you health weeks, and I was like hell yes, which is like weirdly <laughs> five seventy five. Unfortunately, is a really really good rate for That's like New a York City. Off yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> off Broadway minimum. Uh, so so I I did it. Um, wow. In addition to you know we're you're you're a mentor too, right? <laughs> yeah, I was. Which, yeah, I'm not doing it this semester. But, really? Mm -hmm. I was like. 
I, I need to be a better mentor, but this year. <laughs> my person graduated, and I don't know. I need to talk to them about finding. I mean, I do it for financial reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, this year they, it's now it's $400 a semester. Oh, I need to talk to them. <laughs> and I was like, well, I got to spend it on them. And I was like, but do you? Just bring them cookies. I thought I made cookies. this argument to you last I know, time. I know, I know, you did. I was like, we have to buy them dinner. And now it's you're like, like no, or you just like buy them coffee, coffee and like grace them with your presence. And take them to a play. And take them to a play which you got comps to. So that, I mean, and so I'm doing that. They, they pay me $20 a play. And mm-hmm. every year, this is the second year I'm doing it. And so far they're just like, wow, you're reading, all, <laughs> you're reading really fast. And I'm like, literally, this is my income for the month. So yeah, give me more. Um, How many? Well, last year I read full. like maybe eighty plays. Do they send them to you year round, or is it just like in the? No, that's just in the in these people. couple like from January to like maybe early April. Okay. Um, I have other weird jobs. I like assist and like clean for people, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was tutoring. Um, I cobble, I cobbled together and then sometimes, uh, workshops, I just did this club thumb workshop. They paid me $600 for two and a half weeks of work, which was like not enough. But right. when you're on unemployment and you can claim that as one week, it's like, you know, you, you cobbled together. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but that's, that's thankfully I've, I've found you know, like the Juilliard stuff of like working for admissions, I'm reading, you know, 10, 20 plays a week. And some of them are terrible, but also I'm reading 10 to 20 plays a week. That's amazing. And and new material. And it's just sort of soaking through me and I'm getting a greater sense of my taste. And I'm, I'm like learning what it takes to make a really good play. It makes me want to write a play, even though I'm yeah. I, I've yet to, you know. <laughs> Have you ever tried? Yeah. I never, I don't, you know, I don't have those voices being like, Mark, we want to, we want to hear what you've read, you know, mm. class helps, but class is also expensive. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I've found work that makes me feel good about myself and, rem- and doesn't make me forget that I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. Like even when I like a sister, whatever, the people I'm working for know what I do and they ask about it. And that's really important to me. Yeah. Um, what do you do again for work? Uh, right now I'm working at this fancy cake shop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I gave up. I did babysitting for a long time after yeah. school, but I burnt out. And I was like, if I ever want to have my own kids, <laughs> oh, yeah, cause you I can't just like, do I it. Can't. I can't babysit anymore. What about the cake shop? Does it... The cake shop is... Give um, me the pros and then give me the cons. The pros is that um, a friend of mine is the co-manager, so that's how I got it. And it's basically... I don't know what's going on in my neighbors. I don't know if you guys can hear that. <laughs> now they're playing music. They were constructing something. Um, so it's very, it's all like actors and opera singers and it's very flexible. Everyone's willing to, I just give them my availability every couple weeks. So and it's totally flexible. Fine. That's really cool. Totally fine with whatever days I do or do not want to work. I can usually switch with people if something comes up. It's flexible. There's the people you like, the people. I like the people. And it's also... I've only ever really waited tables once, and I found it very anxiety-inducing. Oh my god, I'm the worst <laughs> There waiter. was so much pressure, just because you're in charge of like so many different things at once, and this is kind of like waitressing light. 
because it's like we have sandwiches and salads and like coffee and cake and then you're also doing takeout and stuff. It's not like wine and appetizers. Oh and <laughs> yeah, where you have like, yeah. this is a $50 bottle. Like, yeah. don't cork it, you know? So, it, you know, it's not the most rewarding. I'm, I'm trying to look for more teaching stuff now. Or I, I, I'm exploring what other options I have. But I've been there for a year and a half and it's been fine. God, teaching yeah. is... I wish we could make money teaching. Yeah, I'm kind of in Some the research do. period for like teaching artist well, stuff. But once people get those jobs, they don't leave because they're so good. Yeah, like teaching artists for MTC or Lincoln Center. But that there's kind of so thing. many, but so many bad teachers <laughs> in New York City, which make me makes me so sad. And yeah. to have, I mean, students would be so lucky to have someone like you. That I'm just like, and and people should pay you lots and lots of money to teach <laughs> them because you know so much and you're so good and you're so compassionate at it. So I'm just like surely and if you're like me i'd say a second to acting would be teaching acting yeah i'm kind of i've haven't done a ton of it since i left school you know mm-hmm. i was so involved in um yeah me neither community outreach and teaching at juilliard but it, it's something i really miss so i'm gonna try this year to kind of reintegrate that in my life yeah yeah i know some people and they also love uh professionals who teach too you know because students are like oh you were in blah 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 or whatever so you're like i'm in the field i'm i'm sorry kids i was late coming from an audition and they're like oh what's an audition what's that like um so it's not a bad thing particularly in new york to be a working professional teacher Mm -hmm. because they that's how they sell it to the kids but i also feel like i don't know it's such a great it's so I find it so inspiring to be able to to work with young people and 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 just remind myself and them how amazing acting is and then mm-hmm. usually text if you're working on Shakespeare you're just like yeah. God this is so good <laughs> you know you learn so much doing yeah. it now your partner is also in the arts correct Taylor yeah yes what's that been like for you guys do you have to spend a lot of time apart um yes sometimes yeah and honestly that's really good for me it's really good um so like for me i like relationships were really hard when i was like oh like i feel like my my professional life is compromised by this relationship and sort of from the get-go taylor was always like you know i support what you do (laughs) i respect what you do I think you're good at it and I think you're going to do it. And he said that without um, sort of like hesitation or he, he was able to support me. And I, that's something I really, really needed uh, a need in a partner. Um, and it's great to finally, he's writing more. He's, he works for a screenwriter and works in the film industry doing like a production mm-hmm. with big fancy movies and meets big fancy people but also like basically arranges their travel and hotels and like it's not a fancy job but because he it's the movies it's a lot of money and it's um it's fancy people but we <laughs> we uh he also has a deep love and respect for theater yeah loves it thinks actors are important wonderful people interesting people he loves all my actor friends um and that's really important to me um, cause I've dated people who, who I think in general, there's not a great respect for actors in this country or in the city because, uh, I think it's seen as a very vain or, um, vainglorious profession that it's really about 
you know, wanting to right. be in front of other people and or that you're somehow just calling yourself that and you're not an Yeah, actual... there's a, a lack of authenticity <laughs> right, about like I mean whether you, you know. actually are. I mean we and we've we, all put in the time to like train to do what we do, but if you're trained you there's immediately an impression go like, that like, oh you're just this and you're you're just saying you're an right. actor. You've never done it. Right. Because honestly, you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> and you can have a career too. Uh, you don't. You don't have to train. Um, I'm sure when you you might probably do the same thing when you're like I'm an actor and either someone does it for you hopefully or you do it for yourself. You're just like, but I'm I'm like a real one. I like, trained. <laughs> I trained and I, I I I hit the boards often and you know like I I'm I'm real. I'm a real one. I'm a real bully. And sometimes that affects people. Most of the time they're like, so. Uh, <laughs> How do you find when you people ask you that question? They're like, "What are you working on? Oh, what are you God. doing right now?" And you're not working on anything, or not in rehearsal for anything. Um, I feel like I've gotten better at just letting it not bother me. But sometimes it's an innocent question. But sometimes it can feel like you're under the the bright light <laughs> for okay, that couple of seconds. Here's here's like all, all the truth of this, though, and like I'm. Sh- mm. It's all. It's always gonna be hard. It's always hard, even when I have stuff going on, because usually, um, if it's something that I actually care about, you know, I did this like wonderful two-person play in Milwaukee, and mm-hmm. I, I was like very proud and happy to be doing it, and I was so happy. And people were like, "Oh, Milwaukee," you know. There was like judgment there, like, <laughs> right. "What the, what the fuck is in Milwaukee?" Right? And um, it doesn't matter, like whether you're doing something you're proud of or not. I well. Sorry. What as I mean to say is, if of. you're doing something, yeah, you're proud of, yeah. you know, whether you're doing podcasts and having these conversations and inspiring actors and artists uh, to keep going, like that's really important. And you're passionate about this, and you're doing it. Like, what's wrong with being at a dinner party, being like, "Well, I'm currently working on this podcast," you know, and not feeling shitty about it, you know, Be- being <laughs> proud of it, like. All the stuff that people have actually sort of like seen me in or like maybe know me for most of that stuff. Like, I don't, I'm not proud of that. I'm mm-hmm. proud of these other things that like no one saw. Um, and I just hopefully can own more and more when people ask me, I can talk about the things that I actually care about. And yeah. the reality, I think of both of us is we're always working on something, mm-hmm. you know, we always are. So we always have an answer to that question. It's not like, well, I've played a lot of Xbox recently, which is, you know, <laughs> totally fine to do as an actor too. But um, that's not, I don't, that's not us. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually, I like to ask people if there's something they're proud of that they want to tell me about. Is there, you want to tell me about that play or something else the more recent that you I am really so lucky because I worked on some stuff this past year that I have just been so blessed to be able to do i worked with people that i love so much mm-hmm. um i have gotten a chance to work on projects that i was really proud of being a part of i, I can't I, like did i make money no did i did i lose my health insurance yes um and did i sign on to these projects because i knew like oh this is gonna be it um no um but I'm so, I just feel really, really lucky. Um, I worked on this project called The Outs, which is like this web series, which is now being supported by Vimeo. Um, I met people uh, who I think are really, really talented and really, really awesome. 
um, and wrote a really, really wonderful story. And that's that will be out. I think there's it has this like wonderful like group fan base uh, in New York City. Um, so hopefully people will see it. But in general, I was just really happy to do it. And it was on camera and it was different and nice. working with people that I really cared about. And, and you know, I was working with Lee and mm-hmm. Boo Killebrew and people that I just think are are the bee's knees oh, are just so though though those people weren't actually on on the outs but they were on other stuff that i was working on and it's honestly all about working with people that i was proud to be in the room with being yeah. like you are even, even though i think the product who knows who knows if the product's any good i just uh was really happy to be work, in the room with those people um i don't want to keep you too much longer because i know we both have to get moving at some point. Um, Auditions. Actor li- <laughs> hashtag actor life. <laughs> actor life. But I have a few other short questions. Oh, yeah. Bring um, them on. Are there any concrete things that you reach for time and time again when you are you need a little bit of inspiration or a pick-me-up, like a book or something like that? Or a place that you go? Or No, I mean, I, I see a therapist. <laughs> hey, valid. I wish I, I was like, oh, I go to um, Rilke, but... Um, um, I, I wish I could give more. That's okay. That's a valid answer. Uh, I see, I see a therapist. Yeah. She keeps me grounded. Even when I can't really afford her, I try to make space because that's really making space for myself. And I try yeah. to make sure it's not about only where I'm in desperate need. It's all the time. And the more you do, I do it with sort of a regularity, the more I find that the sort of explosions of actor woe, they don't happen as much because I'm away. I'm sort of constantly in touch with where I am. So there's no explosions, so to speak. There's no surprises. Um, Hmm. Yeah. A therapist. Good. I need to call mine. Um, (laughs) Have you seen any um, shows that you want to recommend recently? Let me think. I'm going to see my friend who's also a Make House alum, uh, Umfuniso Udofia, her show Sojourners at uh, Playwrights Realm. Yeah, I want to see it too. Also uh, has some lovely actors that I've worked with before in it. And uh, so that's, that's up that I'll see this week sometime. I'm so excited to see it. Yeah, I, I don't know how long it's playing, but if so, go get a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, and now I'm really into this show on TV on BBC called London Spy. Oh, I you know heard it? of this. It's new. It's like two episodes in in like the the US, <laughs> but you can like you know find your way to a, a, a UK website and watch the whole series. But it's a Ben Wishaw like gay spy drama. Mm. It's like a, so I don't I don't really know what to make of the series, but it's really fun, <laughs> uh, and uh, I've enjoyed that a lot this week. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mark. Ah, it's been a pleasure. pleasure. You're the best. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Compass Podcast. I'm Leah Walsh. More episodes are coming soon. Please look for us on Facebook and iTunes. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller. Music by Brendan Spieth. Audio assistance from Nick Choksi and a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.